thank you for tuning in to Product Forward. I'm Nathan Snell, and today we're going to discuss minimum viable product, and you'll discover that a taco skateboard is as bad as it sounds. I hope everyone listening has been doing okay with the various levels of lockdown going on related to Corona. I know as I try to look on the bright side of things on my side, um, one thing I've been very grateful for is being able to travel a little bit less and spend more time with my kids. And in actuality, uh, the inspiration for this episode actually came from one of my kids. If you're a parent, I'm sure you can relate to this story. So in most evenings uh, at dinner time, you know, my son, who's who's almost four now, um, you know, every time we're eating, he eats a little bit of his food and then he asks to see if he can go and play. And as you might suspect, when there's plenty of food left on the plate, the answer is no. And it's, uh, hey, you know, Logan is his name. So I'll say, hey, Logan, why don't you eat a little bit more food or, you know, finish all the food on your plate, uh, which is what the ask is, and then you can go play. And of course, in standard four-year-old fashion, he eats a tiny bit more and then he asks the question of, whether or not he can go play. And that sort of continues right until he's effectively eaten everything on his plate. And then, as you might suspect, he can go play. As a parent, I sort of laugh at that situation, uh, just thinking about, you know, my duty, right, and what I'm trying to teach my son, which is, you know, the goal is not to do just barely enough to get to that sort of next step, right, to get to go and play. You know, the goal is to is to finish dinner strongly, right, to finish it in a way that you can be proud of, in a way that you know really shows that it's done, as opposed to just trying to squeak by. And the reason that that story is an inspiration for this episode is it kind of dawned on me as that was going on, and I know I, I probably sound crazy and that I think about product stuff too much, and it's true. Um, you know, what dawned on me is that you know as my son was going through that and I was thinking about it, is oftentimes this is how product folks treat a minimum viable product or an MVP for short. Right. It's the goal ends up being let's just get it to barely enough, that product to barely enough, so that way we can ship it. And I would submit to you that that's the wrong goal. I mean, I, I, that's somewhat inherent in minimum viable product, but to me, that's sort of the wrong goal. So before we jump into how to change that perspective and what are some of the right goals to focus on with MVP, I want to define it a little bit uh, for those that may not be aware. So really quickly, MVP came out of the lean sort of movement or the lean theology, if you will. Uh, you know, it's around startups. It's in the goal behind it as a whole is, you know, how do we make sure we don't overbuild before shipping something, right? It's, it's an idea around how do we ship a product quickly to test the market, to validate that product market fit. And those theories, right, those sort of strategies are all inherently good. The way that they often get applied end up making it not very good. And that's really what we're going to be talking about in this episode. So back to my distaste for MVP, and, and I'll, I'll let you all into the trust tree here. I promise I'm, I'm not at all trying to bash MVP. Again, I think the theory of it is great. You know, people who talk about it and use it, you know, I've seen many folks do amazing things. To me, the challenge with MVP is more often than not, I see it misused and abused by product people, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. And to me, the, the challenge with MVP is that it has the wrong focus. You know, folks oftentimes when they're working on an, on an MVP are focused on shipping the product. And, and hear me when I say this, because this is really important. Shipping the product isn't the point, right? I realize we're all in product management, but in reality, shipping the product isn't the point or shipping the software isn't the point. The point is delivering value to your customer and the product should be the delivery mechanism to that. 
But I would argue, and this is frankly some of what helps people get out of feature factories, you know, I would argue that the focus and some of the challenge with MVP is that people often take a bit of the wrong perspective and say, how do we ship the minimum viable product? How do we get this software, you know, this sort of barely set software out the door instead of saying, is what we're about to put out the door something that really satisfies the customer and satisfies the demand and the need? And, and it's with that that I would submit sort of a slight tweak to minimum viable products, you know, to you all as a consideration. So because, again, I think the theory behind it is great. I think the focus is wrong. And I'm not trying to coin anything new here. But to me, I think about it more as what's the minimum viable opportunity? Right? Because oftentimes when we end up talking about products, we sometimes lose the, fo- the core focus. Right? We sometimes lose the point, which is on the customer. Right? It's on the outcome that we're actually trying to ship. So to me, I like to think about it more as what's the minimum viable opportunity, right? What is it that I need to produce? What is it we, that we need to create to properly capture what the minimum viableness of the opportunity at hand is, right? That's really the point. And I think, you know, the idea, I think that ends up tuning itself much better to even the core theory behind MVP, which is let's not overbuild, let's test the market. But I would say let's do it in a way that's frankly not embarrassing, I mean, let's do it in a way that, in fact, has the right focus, which is let's make sure that we're shipping something that we think really captures the minimum viability of the opportunity that we're focusing on here, not of the product, but of the customer, of the market. So the next logical question to me from this should then be, how do I go about actually focusing on the customer, right? How do I take my MVP and make it more about the opportunity and about that customer? And to me, the simplest of ways, and frankly, the most effective, is by focusing on the outcome. Let me say that again. When we're talking about MVP, and frankly, any kind of shipping of product, the way that we get out of the land of, hey, I just shipped a feature, check the box, and into the land of results, is by focusing more specifically on the kind of outcome you're trying to ship. So what does that mean? Well, the kinds of outcomes we're talking about shipping may vary by industry. But to give you a few examples, you know, one might be efficiency increase. In other words, you might say, when we ship this release, you know, this version of the product, we expect our customers to get a minimum of a 25% efficiency increase in whatever particular area it may be. Another example might be seeing an increase in sales or a increase in the number of inbound leads that are coming in. Or yet another example would also be improving ROI. So it might be that you're bundling a few things together to say, hey, we can reduce the costs in the following areas. And yes, you're still paying for something, but the cost is so much less or or whatever that value proposition is, you know, such that you're going to get a 50% or 100% or whatever it may be ROI. But that's what it means to talk about shipping outcomes, right, or shipping against these goals, as opposed to just shipping a product. Now, The additional benefit to that, too, is not only does it begin to get you out of just checking the box to ship a feature, which is what, let's be real, MVP tends to be more about, it also gets you focused on not just the right things for customers, but it lets you focus your roadmap in the right way. And what I mean by that is when we're focused on the outcomes, it lets us also be much more realistic about what we need to prioritize next. In other words, if our goal was to get a 25% efficiency increase and we're getting a 5% efficiency increase, Our product market fit may be good, but it might mean that we need to spend a little bit more time on that feature than we anticipated to really boost that efficiency gain for our customers, right? That's what I mean when I say it can also help inform roadmap in in great ways. 
I say all that to say, is MVP bad? Again, like we just talked through, no, I don't think MVP is bad at all. I think in many cases, people apply the wrong focus to MVP, right? Instead of focusing on that customers we just talked about, they focus on the product. Now, I would say instead, MVP actually works great when the focus is applied right. And one of the ways that you can see the focus applied right is when we think about MVP as this gradual increase, right? Because that core theology or, or the theory behind the MVP is good of let's not overbuild, right? Let's test the market, focusing on the customer, right? And their particular needs, and let's evolve it over time. Because when that happens, your release in the growth of the product should look like an like a evolution, not a revolution, right? It should be a we shipped a skateboard, the next release it turned into a scooter, the next release it turned into a motorcycle, the release after that it turned into you know a sedan, then it turned into a truck, and then a semi, or, or whatever that evolution should look like. But that's what it looks like when MVP is working correctly. When it's not, right, you get that massive breakdown of, in challenge of value, and the market suffers, and the product suffers, and the sales team suffers, and so on. With all that said, I'm going to share a little bit of an analogy around how to know if you're going down the bad MVP track. And, and I want to share this because to me, I'm a huge fan of leading indicators, of, of KPIs, but in particular of leading indicators. So that way I can tell early on, you know, am I going down or, or one of my teams going down the product creation path that's the wrong kind of MVP or are they really focusing on the customer and the opportunity? Here's the setup. You're a product manager and you are requested to create a new product. And the purpose of this product is to take a person from point A to point B in a relatively quick fashion. And the distance between the two points, let's say, is around half a mile. And it should also be very easy for the person to get moving towards point B from point A. And we'll assume that you already did all the great product discovery stuff and UX and so on and so forth. Um, So we're going to skip those parts. And now you're really focused on starting to create the product itself. And you've decided that you're going to create a skateboard because it's really the perfect answer for this kind of problem, but you want to get it out quickly. So you're thinking about, you know, this MVP of the skateboard. So to start off, you need trucks. So if you're not familiar with a skateboard, we're just going to keep it simple. Um, I grew up in Santa Cruz, so skateboarding was, was a big thing there. Um, so with a skateboard, you usually have the board, you've got the trucks, which is what sort of connects the wheels to the board itself. It's got good bearings in it, so that's kind of how it rolls fast and so on. So... For simplicity's sake, those are going to be the core pieces that we're talking about for this. So you need some trucks. You head to your garage and bingo, you found two small blocks of wood. Better yet, you found four old tennis balls too. So now you've got your trucks and you've got the wheels as the tennis balls to go with them. So now all you need is the skateboard, is the board itself. So you don't have any other wood in your garage, but you do have an idea. You head down to the beach because you leave at the beach because the beach is awesome. So you head down to the beach and man, right when you get on the beachfront, there's a big old piece of driftwood. Never mind the fact that the driftwood looks terrible and it's got two big old parts sticking up out of it. It looks kind of like kind of mountainous because of that. Maybe a little bit like a taco holder if you're a huge fan of tacos like I am, but that'll do. So you fasten your trucks to the driftwood. You plot the two tennis balls on the trucks and you've got your skateboard. Now, Arguably, it looks a little bit more like a taco skateboard or a rolling taco holder, but you have your skateboard. And let's be honest, this is really how most people create MVPs. In reality, did you meet the requirements? Well, I can get from point A to point B quickly. It can transport one person. Could I do it for about half a mile? Yeah. Could I just jump on it and go? 
Yes. Is it technically a skateboard even? It is. Would anybody in their right mind want to use it? No, probably not. Besides getting potentially splinters, having no idea where to try to stand on the board because of the strange taco holderness of it, uh, you know, it, it's got many issues. Who knows how well the tennis balls would actually roll. But it does technically satisfy the requirement. So if your goal was to ship a product, you could effectively ship a product that checks the box. If your goal was to deliver an outcome, right, if your goal was to focus on the minimum viable opportunity, then we failed. And that's what we want to avoid, right? That's the issue that I end up having with minimum viable product is that, again, it's not that it, in theory it's bad. It's the difference between the focus of a taco skateboard and an awesome skateboard. With all that, that concludes our episode for today. So as per usual, if you like what you're listening to and this is helpful to you, please go ahead and click subscribe so you can continue to get more product forward content. If you have any questions or want to get updates, feel free to drop me a line over at productforward.fm.